Hello, and welcome to the Heavenbound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and we are opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life, the way it was meant to be, and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Thanks for joining us on the journey today. Roger, I don't know about you. It is hard for me to believe this is the last Friday of June. We are officially halfway through this year. We have been in uh, the month of June on Fridays exploring uh, a really, it's been a good question for me to wrestle with this month. Does Jesus care and do we? And we've looked at various episodes, scenes in Jesus's life, uh, and just explored. Did Jesus care when it was a really inconvenient day? And what about us on inconvenient days? Do we show how much we care about the people around us? We moved from there. Did Jesus care? How do we know he cared when nobody else seemed to care? And and what about us when we have to be the ones to take the lead? This past Friday, did Jesus care when everybody else had given up? And maybe uh, we know what that's like. E- each episode, we've been coming back to an old hymn. It it doesn't get sung nearly as often, of course, as it once did. It was written back in 1901. Does Jesus care? And Roger, I want to read this last verse and then ask you what uh, scenes in Jesus's life maybe this makes you think of. Does Jesus care when I've said goodbye to the dearest on earth to me and my sad heart aches till it nearly breaks? Is it aught, we would say maybe today, is it anything to him does he see? That's a that's a heavy verse, but a verse that a lot of people can relate to. What scenes of Jesus' life maybe does that make you think of? Well, Jason, you know, he, he's talking about, in that hymn, he's talking about death. And, you know, few things hurt us more than the parting of death. You know, when someone dies, uh, they don't come back. And, you know, there there is hardly anything that hurts more than that concept. And so as we're wrapping our ideas around the compassion of Jesus, one of the things that we're noticing in all these stories, it's one thing to say, yeah, I care, but do you? You know, those are just empty words. And so what we're seeing through all these stories is that Jesus demonstrated that, and and he showed that he cared over and over. And, And as we build this bridge to us, you know, you know, sometimes we're concerned whether people care about what we know. They first have to know that we care, and that that's the key through all of this. And so, our compassion must be demonstrated. And you know, to me, one one of the one of the obvious stories that just parallels that hymn we just talked about is Mark chapter five and the death of the synagogue little girl. You love this section of Mark's gospel. I know oh, it's my Mark favorite. four, Mark, Mark five. five. <laughs> it is my favorite. I I preach it all the time. I tell people about it. It's just. It's just wrapped with action. I mean, it's like it's like Mark is trying to show us the deity of Jesus in in just a rapid form. I mean, he he stills the storm at the end of chapter four, and then he's going to cast out a demon at the beginning of chapter five. He heals a disease here in the middle of chapter Mark five, and then he conquers death. 
And all of those are through the power of his word. He, he is God. There's, there's nothing he cannot do. But let's just grab some of these verses here in Mark chapter 5 and kind <clears> of <throat> show us how, how indeed Jesus <clears throat> excuse me, really cares. And so it says, as it begins in verse 21, when Jesus crossed over again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him, so uh, he stayed on the seashore. One of the synagogue officials named Jairus came up and upon seeing him fell at his feet and implored him earnestly saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her so that she will get well and live. So he went off with him and a large crowd was following him and pressing in on him. Now, right there, just, just as the introduction of the story takes place, there are, there are just layers and layers of great lessons for us. You know, at this point in Jesus' ministry, Jesus was not getting along well with the Jewish hierarchy. Uh, many of the synagogue officials were very upset with Jesus because he was healing on the Sabbath. Uh, oftentimes, they were trying to cast Jesus out of the synagogues. Well, here comes a synagogue official, and he doesn't whisper in Jesus' ear and say, come over here, i got to tell you something in private. It's before a large crowd. Everyone sees this. He bows down. He begs Jesus to come. He knows that Jesus can make his dying daughter well. It's, it's, just, it's just loaded with incredible, incredible faith. And one of the things this story shows us is sometimes <clears throat> we put up barriers and we have all these things around us. And when it's, a, when it's one of our family members, when it's a life and death situation, uh, you know, we, we give up all pride. We, we don't care what people say about us, think about us, because this is most important. And I often call this the 911 of the Bible. I mean, this, this little girl is dying. This is an immediate thing. You got to come right now. And so <clears throat> as they go, and we won't take the time to, to really dissect this, but as we, as they go in the midst of this big crowd comes a woman with the issue of blood. And she touches Jesus from behind, and she immediately is cured. In the process of that, Jesus turns around and has a conversation with her. Now, as all this is taking place, this little girl's dying. And what's remarkable about this to me is just how the events take place. I mean, had these two people gone to the emergency room at the same time, this woman with the issue of blood, she's had this for 12 years. This little girl is dying. So they would have let this woman with the issue of blood sit in the waiting room for a little bit, and they'd taken care of this little girl first. Her needs was most important, but not to Jesus. Jesus takes care of this woman first, and that, that's just impressive. We're not told her name. We know the synagogue official's name. Synagogue official man is important. This woman seems to be unimportant to us, but it is important to God. And so once again, all through this, <clears throat> we're seeing layers and layers of compassion. So then when we get to verse 35, <clears throat> let me read uh, a couple of those verses here. And uh, I'll, I, I think you've done a good job setting the scene. And in verse 35, we really reach a, a major turning point, especially for this dad, right? For Jairus. While he, while Jesus was still speaking to this woman, uh, who obviously had her own desperate situation, but as you says, uh, as you said, she has been struggling for well over a decade. While Jesus is talking with her, 
there comes someone from the ruler's house and they say, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? And in that moment, of course, uh, a father has heard the worst possible news uh, imaginable. Uh, there are clearly servants who have given up on this whole situation. Maybe, perhaps, if Jesus had gotten there in time, in their mind, maybe he could have made some sort of a distance or difference. It's interesting that we don't hear what Jairus says in that moment, right? He he just hears the news, your daughter is dead, but Jesus overhears the interaction. Verse 36 tells us, but overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, he says to Jairus, do not fear, only believe. Now, Roger, as you do your best to put yourself in Jairus's shoes what are you feeling in that moment? And especially as Jesus responds in the way that he does, what's going through your mind? Well, you know, I think in 35, when the servants say, do not trouble the teacher anymore, I think they're saying there's a ceiling on Jesus. Even Jesus can't do anything yeah, now. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late. And, and we're not told this in the, in the passage, but any any father who loves his children the natural reaction was that that Jairus just collapsed. He he probably just fell on the ground and just started crying. And you know this is it. His little girl's dead. Nothing more can be done. And Jesus says, "Don't be afraid. Uh, believe." And the belief was believing in him, believing that you know Jairus come to him to beginning with that if you will touch her, she will get well. Believe that. It, you know, you know, for for the human perspective, is it's too late. You know, it's it's just too late. But but Jesus, it's not too late. Time means nothing to me, and someone on the other side means nothing to me. I I can do this, and so in thirty seven, he allowed no one to accompany him except Peter, James, and John, the brother James. And they come to the house of the synagogue official, and they saw a commotion and people we, uh, loudly weeping and wailing. He entered in and said to them, Why make a commotion and weep? The child has not died, but is asleep. And in a classic expression, it says in verse 40, they begin laughing at him. Uh, the, the biblical concept of the death of the righteous is that they're just asleep. Jesus knew. Uh, Jesus knew that she was alive on the other side. Just her physical body was dead. And so he puts them all out, but the mother and the father and Peter, James, and John takes the little girl by hand and tells her, get up. Little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, Mark tells us, the girl got up and began to walk, for she was 12 years old. And we don't know what was a disease. We don't know what was the injury that caused her death. It doesn't matter. Immediately, she was healed. And immediately, hope fills the room. The, the tears of sorrow becomes the tears of joy and happiness. And all this, again, shows that Jesus cares. Now, he did this more so for the parents than the little girl. The little girl's safely on the other side. She, she probably would like to stay on the other side because <laughs> she wouldn't have the, all the trouble we have over here. But he did it for the parents. And it illustrated, once again, that Jesus cares. Uh, hope was not lost. 
and through faith and through belief, these things happen. I, I've often wondered, uh, as Jesus took her little hand and told her to get up and her eyes opened, the first person she would have seen was Jesus and how comforting and reassuring that would have been. I, I expect there was a smile upon the Lord's face. She, she probably had never met Jesus before, but now she knows who he is and how that helps us. You know, I, uh, I, circling back to something you just said in passing, and I think it would definitely be worth camping on for a few minutes before we're done. Uh, death was not the end of existence for this girl. You, you mentioned the word safe. Uh, where she was. And that made me think of another old hymn that I think helps us wrap our minds, even in the midst of great heartache, uh, e- even uh, where we are right now, where, of course, we're, we're not looking for Jesus to come into the funeral home and raise a loved one from the dead right here and right now. But we sing, we, we have sung for generations, safe in the arms of Jesus. And that also, that great hymn from Fanny J. Crosby, pictures on the other side of death. Jesus, my heart's dear refuge, Jesus has died for me, firm on the rock of ages, ever my trust shall be. Here let me wait with patience, wait till the night is o'er, wait till I see the morning break on the golden shore. You know, it's one thing for us here on an ordinary Friday in 2022 to go back and and look at this story in Mark chapter 5 and hear Jesus say to that father, do not fear, only believe. Uh, There's no doubt in my mind, Roger, that there's somebody listening this episode right now who has recently lost a loved one. And so before we talk about our care, circling kind of back to that, does Jesus still care in 2022 as we drive away from the cemetery today? Absolutely. Of course, uh, the the hymn we're using this month is Does Jesus Care? And the chorus is, Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. How do I know that? I know that through scriptures. Uh, you know, John 11 is another classic passage. You know, he, he comes to the tomb of Lazarus. He, he delays his, his coming on purpose so Lazarus would die. And Mary and Martha both say, had you been here, he would not have died. And he goes to the tomb. He knows what he's going to do. He knows he's going to resurrect him. But what does he do? The shortest verses in the Bible, Jesus wept. And he cares. And, and so he sees our tears and he knows our grief and he knows our sorrows. Now, how so much we want our story to be like this in Mark 5, that Jesus will show up and bring our loved one back to life. He doesn't do that today. And, and there's reasons for that. But, but he, he's touched by our grief. And through the promises of God and through the hope of scriptures, there's comfort for us and that we don't journey alone. And, and we see that through these promises and through this hope that there are lessons for us. We can become better and stronger, and, and we can help others who also journey through this. You know, death is a result of our problem. You know, the, uh, man's sin all the way back in the Garden of Eden, and that has been the curse of mankind. Jesus came <clears throat> so we'd never die again. 
And that death is a spiritual death. And so the hope we have is not living forever on earth. You know, that Ponce de Leon, want to find the fountain of youth, I'll live here forever. I don't want to live here forever. This, this place is crazy. I want to get out of here. I want to be with the Lord. And so, so that's the hope we have. The hope is eternity, that death isn't the end. The cemetery doesn't have the final word. The final word is with God. And so as we think about our walk and our encouragement to tell our family and our friends about Jesus, that, that compels us to do these things because we see that you know, life doesn't just end. Life is just a changing rooms, and we'll live on and on with God and how valuable that is. If I could just kind of pull on all of those threads and maybe summarize, I think, what you're saying, and, and uh, very accurately so, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. He tells Martha and Mary in John chapter 11, I am the resurrection, present tense. Does Jesus care? Jesus, what we're reading in, in Mark chapter 5 happened 2,000 years ago. It might as well have been two days for Jesus. He is, even today, the resurrection and the life. He is the first fruits of those who have been raised from the dead. We believe that a loved one is safe in the arms of Jesus. If they have walked with Jesus and lived for Jesus, they are presently safe in the arms of Jesus because Jesus' grave is empty, right? And he is the first of those who will be raised from the dead. There is a great resurrection coming. Death is not the final word. In the meantime, Roger, the passage that comes to my mind is from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, where Paul develops that God is the God of all comfort. He comforts us. In many ways, that has been our theme on Fridays throughout the month of June. Does Jesus care? Absolutely, he cares. He comforts us. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, so that we can comfort each other. And so maybe as a way of wrapping this whole series up, we've looked at, okay, does Jesus care? We've looked at four different ideas, elements, uh, scenes in his life. What about us? What would you say maybe uh, we, we may have listeners who are going to visit funeral homes this weekend or be a source of comfort and encouragement to brethren this coming Sunday morning. What do we need to take away as those who've been comforted by God now with the sacred opportunity of comforting somebody else? Well, you know, <clears throat> our hearts have to be driven by compassion, just like Jesus. we got to care. You know, uh, we see multiple miracles. In fact, in this series, we talked about the Syrophoenician woman whose daughter was greatly demon-possessed. Jesus never went. In that conversation, he says, your daughter is cured, and he never went. How easy Jesus could have said to the synagogue official, okay, she lives. But he didn't. He went. And there's something about your presence that really makes a difference. Don't try to come up with some slick words because at that time, most people won't remember them. And most time we get them sideways and, and, and sometimes they do more harm than good. But just go there. And if you just do nothing but sit, just go and sit. 
take some food, uh, you know, see if there's something at the house you can do to help them out. But but your presence and knowing that you went out of your way to help these people, sometimes there, there's, if it's the death of a parent, there's, there's all kinds of uh, things we can do physically. And sometimes there's things we can do financially. And those things are really matter. And those show compassion. You know, when, when, when the dust settles and everyone else gets back to life and the hurting family, life never completely returns. Something's always missing. And don't forget them a week later, a month later. Uh, remember them because that pain can go on and on. And although we just have gone back to work, gone back to school, gone back to all, you know, life as it is, they haven't. And that's, again, where compassion comes in, just to keep continuing to be there, to pray for them, to sit with them in services and to let them know, hey, I'm here. If you want to talk, that's fine. If you don't, that's okay. I just want to sit beside you and let you know that uh, we have a friend in Jesus, and that's each other. You know, the word that comes to my mind here at the end of this episode is hope. Um Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 5, I I have a sneaking suspicion, Roger, one of the reasons you love those chapters so much. There's uh, There are a lot of obstacles in those chapters, but there's a lot of hope because of Jesus. And I love, I, I anchor myself too as someone like you who's spent a lot of time in funeral homes, a lot of time with grieving families. The Christian grieves, but we do not grieve without hope. Even though the Lord Jesus is not walking in the flesh as he was in in Mark chapter 5 among us, he is, he reigns, our hope is in him. For a little while, death continues to sting, but we know how this story is going to end, and we do not grieve as those who do not have hope hope. This has been a good series for me. I appreciate you thinking through it with me. We appreciate all of you for listening to the Heaven Bound podcast. We hope even though it has been maybe a little more heavy of a series, it has helped you set your mind on things above. And even this episode, as we head into the weekend, we hope it's given you a little more fuel for your journey. Always remember when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven bound And the best is yet to come.